0: hello my name is henry jacobs
1: and i'm theodore regan
0: and welcome to our new podcast everything and nothing all at once this is episode one of season one
1: and today we are going to be discussing the eternal city the city of rome
0: okay want to just jump right into it yeah sure uh so what do you want to talk
1: about first i say the reason that we're talking about it is because we we both went there last summer on different trips and I thought it would be we thought we thought it would be great to um talk about the different things that we've done in Rome and our opinions of it and I just think it would be um a lot of fun to um discuss the city of Rome in general so we're gonna split it up into two parts um and so can you think of anything first off to I mean we could just talk a little bit about what Um. the history rome just some yeah
0: start off with some history uh
1: interesting thing so actually
0: you want to start us off yeah so
1: i'll start us off so one thing that's really interesting about rome or one thing that's really cool about rome is that how many sites there are like there's there's so much in rome that it can get really overwhelming sometimes just you know being faced with rome ahead of you because of how many sites there are yeah but in a way that is kind of cool because it means so many interesting things have happened in Rome and it just yeah it's great I love it feels like
0: uh every street corner you go to there's some old church there's some ancient Roman ruins
1: the Parthenus Maximus
0: (laughs) what was that oh the Partheon right
1: yeah I'm just sort of poking fun at the Latin the language of Latin hopefully no one's offended by that but I feel like a lot of things is like the Parthenus Maximus uh Leviticus thing I don't know
0: Australia yes yeah <laughs> what Disney the world yes uh, anyway. anyway
1: yeah um, um
0: it, it kind of uh, does feel like it's kind of like a touristy city though because there's sites everywhere to see and sometimes it feels like people don't live there right
1: yeah I mean yeah, I it's it's hard cuz I feel like, you know, when I was there, obviously we went to the more, you know, touristy parts because those are considered essentials and you can't not go to them. And so we did go to them and they were great, but I mean, it's like it's tricky cuz it depends on when you go to Rome. Like there there aren't they they're not necessarily the touristy sites. Well, there are the touristy sites, but it depends on when you go. You know, like we went in in late June and it was pretty crowded there even though it was kind of early for the tourist season but then I heard Rick Steves in the Rick Steves thing he's he was saying like in his in his show he was saying that if you go in the spring or the fall it's much more comfortable much less hot and it just is considered like a great um great better time to be there and so it really depends on when you go which I think is interesting yeah
0: and I um I went late August early September and it wasn't really that crowded because most of the Romans, they're on on vacation because people in Europe, they get like two-week vacations in the summer.
1: I know, just, it's, it's unfair. Like, you know,
0: and yeah, it was mostly tourists, but it felt a lot less crowded. And of course, it was our first time going to Rome. So we did go see all the sites. We went to see the Parthenon. We went to see the Colosseum. We went to see the Colosseum. The, oh, the
1: Travali Fountain.
0: Exactly. Um and, and
1: Tristevery, the most underrated neighborhood. Yeah, in the but world. I think and I loved <laughs> it all.
0: Matter. I loved seeing the sites. But I think what we found the most enjoyment of from hearing his story and my story, uh, was when we looked kinda like at what wasn't the sites, like Tristevery. I mean, that's a popular neighborhood to go to. But um, it's not as
1: sort of it's not as attractive as the Coliseum per se, or for example. Because, you know, you always hear, but when you think of Rome, you don't think of Trastevere. you know, just off the top of your head. You think of Rome, you think of, you know, the Colosseum or yeah, you think of the, Parthenon. the Parthenon, jinx. Uh,
0: <laughs> and Trastevere, it's kind of fun. It's like really quiet. You get to walk through all the back streets and just kind of have a good time.
1: I know. It
0: feels if, lived in.
1: If we were going to um, sort of change course here and talk about Tristevery, yes it's, for some information, it's a little... I think it's an island on the Tiber. Oh, and oh, yeah, right. not an island, but it's... I know you
0: have to c- cross a bridge together. Yeah. I, it might not be an island. So, yeah. But I think that, yes, it is. it does kind of feel like isolated from the rest of the city of Rome because you do have to, like, cross the river, um, which is easy because there is a bridge. But still, and it's, like, it's really quaint. It's and a there's,
1: great neighborhood. It is a really great
0: neighborhood. And... It's not, like, it doesn't have any of the big attractions in there, which kind of, like, draws away all the tourism. And I think that's nice. Because I found the most enjoyment when I w- would, like, walk through, like, the streets where there wasn't really anything going on. Yeah. Where I uh, could actually see what it's like to live in Rome. Because I get the most enjoyment out of that. Yeah, it than was... all the sites.
1: I personally enjoy cities more. But it, it, in terms of Rome, where it's very, very overwhelming, but, like... I don't want to sort of throw Rome under the bus here, but like, I feel like it's not as, um, charming when it's bustling as much as other busy cities can be when they're overwhelming or, or when they seem overwhelming. Cause you know, there's such thing as, you know, having a lot of fun when it's in an overwhelming city. Cause that is, that usually means that it's not what you're familiar with, but in Rome, it just is. You know, sometimes the overwhelming can be unpleasant, in it. and so I um, think that Tristavery is such a great little um, break from from the city.
0: And uh, another thing I'd like to touch on is the ultra tourism, as I like to call it, where it's not just tourists coming to see the city; it's tourists on the tour buses, with like a fifty person party being led by a guy with who has like a ten foot high flag on his backpack. Uh, and I can't say I really like that. I mean, I did take a tourist bus on the first day.
1: Mm, I'm kidding. No judgment.
0: <laughs> but it wasn't really my option, uh, my choice. And it was fun, though. It was, It was okay. It was fun. We got to listen to something. And although it's something I would not usually do, I think it was nice just to see the sights. Also, I missed most of the tourist bus because I was asleep because jet lag is annoying. I hate jet lag.
1: Well, if you mean the YouTube channel, the <laughs> okay. right. We're covering a YouTube channel called Jed Like later in the podcast. Cool. Later in later in the episodes. Not this episode, but yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um I would say that one thing that I found interesting, it's kind of funny, how at the um the Sistine Chapel in St. Peter's Basilica, it's sort of like they, they're not nearly as strict as they as at least claimed it used to be, or you hear about the Sistine Chapel and St. Peter's Basilica being strict about um, covering your legs and not talking in the Sistine Chapel. But when I was there, people were talking in Sistine Chapel, people had their shoulders uncovered, people had their legs uncovered. It was just kind of interesting that it seems that they've gotten a lot more lax with the rules and respect with the um the sites, those two sites specifically, I thought it was interesting how, um, you know, people like my family were wearing pants and everything, but then people were wearing shorts and uncovering their shoulders. So that was interesting how it kind of changed the yeah
0: the rules there. And I mean. Freedom to dress how you want—it's an important thing.
1: I'm just saying. But that, also,
0: I important. do kind of agree with you. It, it sometimes in like a religious monument, you should dress as the dress code mandates.
1: Well, and there are signs telling you to do that, and it's just kind of a legend it's almost.
0: Not that. enforced, but it's kind of feels more like
1: it's the it's proper the etiquette. Spoken rule.
0: No, I don't like people like enforcing like oh you you have to wear like long pants in the coliseum It's like why oh, you can't wear your sh- have your shoulders uncovered in the Colosseum. But like in religious sites, it makes sense. It's part of the religion. You got to kind of like, you know, follow the rules. It's like no taking pictures in the Sistine Chapel.
1: Well, that was the thing that that was the only thing that they really, really enforced. Because the there was one guy, people were talking in the Sistine Chapel, by the way. There was one guy who was taking a picture, but Like, five people were telling him that he couldn't take a picture, so... What were they
0: saying to him? I
1: forget. They were just saying, like, man, you can't take a picture. (laughs) (laughs) Guy, you can't take a... But, um, that's just one thing I found interesting. Um, I, um...
0: I really liked the Vatican uh, Museum and the St. Peter's Basilica.
1: Oh, yeah, the basilica was amazing. It was, like, there were all these sort of little compartments, little rooms, inside this massive cathedral. It was really cool how, um... And we went there, it was really, I'll put it this way, it was really cool how spacious it was, especially because we went there really early in the morning, like, right as it opened, because you're (laughs) supposed to go to the sites quite early.
0: And, yeah. So it
1: doesn't get busy. And it it is just so spacious in there. It's really cool.
0: Yeah, one thing I really liked about the Basilica is it's exceptionally big. Uh,
1: It used to be, before this, I forget, um, it, it used to be the largest catholic monument in the world until a church i don't know if it was a church something in the ivory coast opened making and that was the largest catholic monument that is the largest catholic monument. is it a but church any, though it, it might be i'm not sure i think it imagine it's I, yeah like it's, a, a it's a church yeah but uh-uh. this is that's it the uh saint peter's basilica used to be the largest catholic monument until i think 2018
0: imagine if the thing in the ivory Coast was just like a giant rock it's like yeah and it just is- says like Jesus. Catholic, or like yeah, you're like Jesus on it.
1: Yeah, and then <laughs> the, largest, the largest Christian monument is Christ the Redeemer. So, sadly, I don't think anyone's gonna beat that. But it still is crazy how big Sistine. We should do. I keep saying the Sistine Chapel, St. Peter's Basilica, St. Peter's Basilica. It's crazy how we big St. Should... Peter's Basilica. We
0: should do. a I think we should do an episode on just organized religion, just a bu- about a bunch of different religions. I know. <laughs> um, but anyhow, uh. I think it just it's big but it never feels like too big. Every part of it is ornately decorated. You can't
1: really. I mean, You're you can really get lost you can get lost in it, but it's easy to find people if you do. Besides because that, it's sort of dis- it's it doesn't blend in with the parts don't blend in. It's so distinct every every little section of it.
0: Besides that, um did you see any other sites that really caught your interest?
1: I mean, I'm trying to think here. We went
0: to, um... Did
1: you go to the Coliseum? Oh, Coliseum, okay. Let's talk about that. So I went there in... It was starting to get hot out in the afternoon when we went there. But luckily, we weren't really stuck there because we didn't have a tour guide. We just used the Rick Steves guidebook. You notice Rick Steves is coming up a lot. I, um, sort of think that he is the main, um, helper on the trip that we took following his guides and his TV show and everything. Cause he has so, so much information. Um, but anyway, we were using our Rick Steves book, at, at to, um, as like a tour guide almost in the Coliseum. And so we were, we weren't there for like a mandatory three hours. If you signed up for a tour because most of the tours are around three hours. We were there for about an hour and a half. And I just thought it was really great how we could sort of stay on our stay at our own pace, because that can get overwhelming the Coliseum, I think. And if you're with a tour guide, you kind of have to stop where the tour guide stops. But if you're your own tour guide using a book, um, I think that it just is, was I personally for me, who, thought the Col- I thought the Coliseum was really neat, but I felt, I sometimes I feel like it gets a little bit hyped up too much, but I thought that not having a tour guide made it easier because we could go at our own pace and we didn't have to stay um, learning about things we didn't find interesting and we could spend more time on the things that we did find interesting. And so it, it was really great. But no yeah. no judgment to people who do like tour guides, that's just not my personal, for that call, for the call scheme specifically, that would not have been my choice, which we didn't have a tour guide. but. It would, that wouldn't be my choice to have a tour guide at the Coliseum. So that's just my personal preference. And
0: now my family, when we went to the Coliseum and the Forum, we did do a tour guide. We did do a tour. We did like a three hour tour of the Coliseum and the Forum. And like the two hours, the first two hours, they were all about the Coliseum, and then we had one hour left, and we went and did the Forum. And for the Coliseum, I know we did a bit more than you. We went to the ground floor of the tour.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. It was yeah. only our group. I it was that.
0: uh, it was four people, so oh, it, it didn't your, feel.
1: Was it your parents and your brother?
0: It was yes. And yeah. what uh, were your
1: grandparents? They were
0: um in my hotel room,
1: and <laughs> they got to, sick. They got sick. Yes. Oh, they were sick.
0: Yeah, our whole family came down with the stomach
1: bug. In in i never heard about that. Huh. We'll save that for part two, personal experiences. Part
0: second half of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and and it was really nice because we kind of got to go, we still got to go at our own pace. And we got to learn from an experienced guide. Yeah,
1: so there are many that was uh,
0: really interesting. Yeah. And then the forum was interesting. And it still felt like we weren't stuck there. We could, even in the forum, it felt like we saw maybe like 2% of the entire forum. I'd love to go back and just do a tour of the forum.
1: Yeah. To be honest, it's tricky because we, neither of us have the experience that the other one had at the Colosseum. Henry didn't. Same thing with the Vatican. Himself. I also had a tour guide for the yeah, Vatican. Well, we had a tour guide at the Vatican. Oh, was, you yeah. Oh yeah. yeah oh yeah.
0: no, you're required to have a tour guide at the Vatican, right?
1: I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure you do just to make sure that you don't cause trouble. But, um, yeah, we had a tour guide at the, at the Vatican. Um, but in terms of the coliseum i guess it's like i would like to, i would almost be willing to go back and have a tour guide just to see what it's like um
0: and maybe i'll go back and do it without a tour guide yeah <laughs> rome part two
1: exactly yeah um
0: like in 10 years we go back there
1: that'd be awesome just do so we're talking a little bit about the positives of rome but now i'm gonna talk about how well this is the first thing that comes to mind that's not so (laughs) positive about rome um i'm talking about the cleanliness level of the city so i don't want to be very um critical of rome but i just thought that it was a quite a dirty city and um i know that most cities have some kind of sanitation issue but I just thought that Rome was particularly dirty. There was an excess of garbage overflowing and garbage bags on the sidewalk, and it, it, I got used to it. But it was like exceptionally a dirty city. And I'm not saying that that really bothered me. I'm just pointing that out to people that it was a it was a dirtish city. And after Rome, we on the same trip we went to Morocco, and we were in Marrakesh in the Medina and the Medina was spotless. It was very, very clean. And not to, um, you know, stigmatize either country, but I would have wondered, I didn't expect the Medina in Morocco to be so clean, but it was like very well, um, well kept. And I was very impressed. But the thing with, um, with Rome, I just didn't feel like they really had a great, sanitation system going
0: oh so that's, just, that's just
1: something that i'm pointing out yeah um, i know in the 70s new york had a sanitation problem also so maybe rome is undergoing something
0: also like rome is just it's such a old city it's kind of hard to deal with it and the first day maybe you're like oh Jesus, this is dirty but it's like after the first few days i myself got used to it i'm like okay crash and i'm usually a huge like litter not no no. i'm not a litter bug i'm against i'm so anti-litter bug and i just get, ugh, ugh, trash <laughs> but i kind of get used to it it's kind of like people smoke in america but it's really like stigmatized and like people are like ugh, you smoke and in europe it's kind of like Meh, you smoke poggers uh and uh and, like, okay. it's kind of, like... If
1: nobody knows what poggers means, it means... it's Cool. What, it means cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the thing is, with smoking, and, and, is and and complete... it's it's bad; And
0: it it's totally bad for you, and... But you kind of get used to it in Europe. You're like, okay, he's smoking. But in America, you're more like, oh, he's smoking? know? Well, no,
1: no, no. It's because it's been scientifically proven that it's bad for you. And so yeah. I don't... To be honest, the stigma, I almost feel like... It's worth it. It's, yeah. it's true. There's it's not like I'm just trying to I can't think of another stigma at the moment, but it's true that smoking. I mean, some people don't people who do smoke probably don't consider it disgusting, but yeah, it's bad. Very bad for you. You will most likely die if you smoke.
0: Yeah. And it, yeah, <laughs> it's not a negative stigma, but like
1: it's a medium. stigma. Uh,
0: But it's kind of like i would never smoke i hate the idea of smoking but like (laughs) in america you kind of like look at some people with disgust and i know people who do this because they're smoking but in europe people just you know like okay pretty much half the population smokes so it's like not less a. it's not that much of a big deal uh
1: Well, it's a big deal, but people don't consider it a big deal.
0: Okay, I'm
1: thinking (laughs) guess. Sorry for the off-topic about smoking. Maybe this will be another episode. Anyway, um, I also want to say how I thought it was really interesting how Rome wasn't... This isn't uh, complaining, by the way. It just is an observation I made, how Rome was very much almost trying to preserve its past and they weren't moving forward with... You know building big skyrise condos big glass skyscrapers they didn't have you know a, a big above ground metro system like other european cities have like it's it's very set apart from its european city counterparts because it's a very say versus other cities that are very much moving forward in technology and architecture like Amsterdam, or London, or Frankfurt, Rome is very, I think, trying to preserve its past. They're very, I think that Rome makes it very clear that it is a city rooted with thousands of years of history, and it wants to stay that way.
0: Yeah, and I can totally see that. I mean, there's no skyscraper, but there's some really awesome stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't
1: believe that that has been around for... What was it 2000 years maybe it's crazy yeah how, uh, how long it's the so parthenon long?
0: it's amazing like the giant like dome it's like a
1: it's the parthenon in greece there's the pantheon in
0: greece pantheon
1: there's, which one's in athens pantheon all okay, right so the parthenon's in rome okay
0: i um, could get this totally behind. yeah I, I think the parthenon's the one it's the one with like the it's the dome with the uh with the hole in the center um and it's like kind of a uh thing in the center and the it's open air and the water just comes in and somehow it's not destroyed i know it's, it's amazing crazy. it's an it's a marvel another thing that i think is a marvel and this is a bit of a weird segue is all the tourism shops that are in rome and they sell the exact same stuff right
1: uh, yeah, yeah they, they so they sell where do they get this stuff you know they sell painted i mean you see people painting pictures yeah probably sell those painted pictures They probably make copies of the painted pictures give them to shops we Sell magnets um coffee mugs
0: they have like little they have um, uh, calendars that are like watercolor calendars uh, they have banners they have like miniature replicas of the coliseum and it's Rome, all the exact uh, same stuff
1: they have sweatshirts clothes um and all yeah yeah, I'm almost lost for words on how much stuff that. It feels like there's they sell. where do they get all this stuff
0: <laughs> in the busiest parts of Rome? There are like three on every block, and they also the exact same stuff. It's, it's actually so, kind of interesting. It's
1: funny
0: if you want to get something from here, you might, you don't actually just want to get it the first place you see it, because the best value for what you're going to get is often in the center of the city. For example, there's this miniature replica of the Colosseum, and we are in the outskirts of the city. Well, not in the outskirts, but like in the less touristy parts of the city. And it was a tourist shop, and we're selling this Colosseum replica, and it was cool, and it was, like, 10 euro, right? So then we go and we look around some more, and we see another tourist shop, and it's 2 euro, because this is really close to the center of the city. It's kind of interesting.
1: So the, so the cheaper things are uh, near... The popular, because the they have more... Uh, yeah, more people. More I would competition. Think, I would actually think because of the demand, it would be more expensive.
0: No, but all their rivals are in the same place, so they have to uh, be the cheapest.
1: Oh, yeah. So let's start selling them for free. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, and I think... Do you have anything else you want to say about Rome, or should we go to our break?
1: Uh, I think we'll go to our break. So when we come back in part two, I think we'll be talking about more personal experiences and more about the city of Rome. So... I am intrigued to hear about the sickness that came upon Henry's family. So you guys get to hear that too. And also get Um, to rave
0: about San Marino. So let's go on a break in three, two, one, break. And we are back from our break. Over the break, we looked up whether or not it was Partheon or Panthenon.
1: And we discovered
0: that i was totally wrong it is the pantheon i always i thought it was free and the parthenon was in rome but we were Sorry totally wrong that. uh so huh
1: so i think that so i would love to hear about something i didn't know that Henry like got sick in italy i had no idea what, what okay. Happened? So can you tell me the backstory behind that? Cause I had no idea. So
0: aside from the uh, usual sickness that befalls people while they're overseas, wait, there's this... jet lag. Ah. Um, uh, we got sick with a stomach bug. It started in one member of our family, and in Rome, and you would basically just vomit everything you ate up for twenty four hours. It was the worst, and you felt really tired. Who had it? My grandmother. Uh and but we kind you of attributed did, you it didn't though right no we just kind of attributed it to hey it's just it's really hot out we've been go 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 all the time and we're like yeah it's probably just like heat sickness and then we go out into the roman countryside we go into the umbria region and we go to where we're staying second night halfway through dinner i'm like oh, i don't feel good so I go upstairs to the bathroom and I just kind of I'm sitting there, doing my thing, and then all of a sudden and my mom comes up because I've been in there for a while. She's like, "You okay?" Yeah, I'm feeling a bit nauseous. And then all of a sudden I go, <laughs> and I throw up, and I continue throwing up for that entire night. It was like once an hour. And for the first part, I couldn't even drink water without then going everything to throw up the water.
1: And how did I not hear? That?
0: I could have swore I told you. Huh,
1: ah, this is so funny.
0: I mean... uh, I could have sworn I told you, but uh, yeah, and my whole family became sick. I think I had, had it the worst. I mean, it was really like twenty four hours. I
1: luckily you did not throw up on the flight home.
0: Yeah, thank God. Um,
1: I, um, Ali Talia. Or Delta, whatever you took, would probably ban you for the rest of your life from flights. <laughs> well, Oli Tali, so Talia wouldn't be a big deal because they only go to Italy, so.
0: <laughs> I don't think I uh, took Oli Talia. It might have been Delta
1: though. I mean, Delta would be bad if you got banned from them. For I a mean, death. I couldn't
0: see getting banned. I know,
1: about. I'm, I'm kidding, but like, that you'd probably get banned for acting like a maniac. If <laughs> you probably, like,
0: threw up on like the pilot or something, I'd get banned. Yeah,
1: probably. Yeah, yeah, no, like, Probably. No, I mean, for like not throwing up on the plane, but that happens all the time, I bet. I mean, like being weird about it, like up all over everyone in the aisle. Oh,
0: Oh, all
1: right. This is weird. This is super weird. Oh, yeah,
0: especially if it was like once an hour. It's just like, hey, was this flight attendant? (laughs) Yeah,
1: because that's like, yeah, because that's what a seven hour flight speaking of seven or eight
0: flood. let's let's move off with the topic of throw up all right speaking uh theo why don't you just start us off with your experience all right
1: so we got to rome in the evening because we had a pretty long layover in lisbon when we went to we went to rome so we actually got to rome in the evening and so we arrived just in time for dinner and we went to this restaurant, I forget what it was, but I remember it was funny because the minute we walked in there, the waiter, without hearing us talk, he handed us the English menu. So he must have known we were American.
0: Or did you go to like a touristy restaurant? No,
1: it's well, it wasn't a touristy restaurant. I mean, it was in the Rick Steves book, but I don't know if it was a touristy restaurant. I mean, where do the locals go? I mean, they're the locals and the Americans are bound to go to the same restaurant i feel like
0: i feel like restaurants do become touristy once they become popular right enough with oh yeah that's a, that's a good point so um because
1: then every well then everyone what knows, did you eat there? everyone knows about it
0: what did you eat there
1: um i think it was um spaghetti with meat sauce it's really good i mean the thing okay. is with it, the the food in Italy is often stereotyped chicken parmesan may as well be from mars in Italy. It doesn't exist. At least in Rome, chicken parmesan doesn't exist. There is veal parmesan, not chicken parmesan. At least the kind of chicken parmesan that you get at the Italian restaurant, the the chicken parmesan you get at Olive Garden or any Italian restaurant that's remotely American in the U.S., you will not find in Rome. So warning. Um, Gelato is
0: Trying no. to get chicken parmesan in Rome. Yeah,
1: gelato is awesome. Gelato is amazing, as always. Gelato, I- It's better I, than I like, ice cream. It is better Because than ice I don't cream. have it that often. I, I've had it in- What is the difference, do you know? So, I mean, I'm actually not sure. I've had gelato in Rome, and I also had it once on a vacation to Washington, D.C., then another time- I forget where it was, but I've had gelato like four times in my entire life and it's always been great. And it just is, you know, ice cream, you can find ice cream places every block with Dairy Queen and everything. And so with um, gelato, it's just such a treat because it's rarer, you know, I don't know, it's awesome. It's yeah, awesome. and I think great. I liked
0: it more because when I was really young, I uh, when I lived in Slovakia when I was like six, uh, next to my school, there was a gelato place and oh my gosh! They had the best sour green apple gelato, and I I think I like. I was it stuck. Less. I was
1: stuck growing. Well, Henry was kicking it back in Europe. I was stuck. I was stuck growing up with Dairy Queen. So lucky you. <laughs> uh, I was kicking around. Okay, Massachusetts so I, while he was kicking around Europe. It was. Like,
0: so I, uh, I, I just envious. looked it up, and uh, gelato apparently uses way more milk and way less cream than ice cream, and generally doesn't use egg yolks, which is used a lot in ice cream.
1: Okay okay
0: so, so continue on no, sorry for interrupting oh no no, food no
1: problem I, I love
0: actually I about well, that. we're on the food tangent though um <laughs> ow anyhow
1: i think henry what happened
0: i uh <laughs> i pulled something back like a little thing on something i'm wearing and then it just popped forward and hit me in the mouth oh
1: like your collar oh yeah yeah okay. anyway so anyhow you're talking about food
0: yes food in italy it's okay. It's way too overrated.
1: Yeah. Italian food
0: is different
1: from food that you get in Italy. Italian food as we know it.
0: It's red sauce. It's
1: Americanized it's pizza. Food that is a little bit better than Italian food that you get I in Italy, not may say I that. say. But the I love chicken Parmesan. It's one of my favorite one of my okay. favorite foods ever. And so it's a little I mean to be honest, a little bit better than what you get in Italy, but that, uh, that's beside the point. I like them oh, both. I wasn't in Italy. I wasn't in Italy. For, I was in Italy for four days. I wasn't there long enough although, to really experience.
0: Although I do think it's also
1: because you know so there's a lot of stuff.
0: The food you get in Italy it's different. There's for there's example, a lot of, well, okay, when people I? think of Italy, they think uh, pizza. they think pizza and pasta. They and
1: have, yeah, they, they have, have a lot of fish.
0: Yes, a lot of.
1: Is anchovies a fish? Yes, it is. It is they have a lot of and a lot of vegetables. It's not just carbs, even though Italians, I think I heard somewhere that they eat I think over a pound of bread a day. I am maybe oh, know. that I might be I read that in a National Geographic once and I might that might be outdated, but the carbohydrates and now in we Italy. See
0: the Italian man in his natural habitat. Watch <laughs> as he stalks the bread. Hungry, who takes out his fork. He pounces. Um, sorry. But, uh,
1: <laughs> the impromptu movie <laughs> uh, movie not, idea.
0: It sounds like a Nat Geo document. Yeah,
1: no, it definitely does. But anyway, um oh, shoot, what was I gonna say? You were talking about the food, right? Uh, yeah, thanks. Okay, yeah, there we go. Okay, so carbohydrates in Italy aren't as prominent as you might think. They have there's a lot of vegetables, a lot of fish not as much pasta and bread as you might be thinking so and
0: even the carbs that are in italy like the pasta and bread it's kind of different than what you'd find in america for example the pizza it's i like it much it's better the
1: thinnest crust
0: it's so good it's
1: what american pizza or it's italian ve- pizza
0: oh italian pizza all the way it's so much better uh but then the pasta i think american pasta and other types of pasta are better because the Italian pasta, the sauce is very thick, and I just get filled up super easily. It's very, very rich, and I don't know. And sometimes rich foods, they're kind of too much. I love rich foods. But they do fish very well, and they do seafood very well. I haven't
1: had fish a lot. I don't love fish, which stinks because fish is, like, great for you. So I think I have some uh, palate – food stuff what if we just have on, an episode like where fish.
0: you um where i just force you to eat fish
1: i would that would be great because i'd probably get used to it that's a good idea, okay. that's a good idea. Um, start
0: planning you know?
1: yes. <laughs> okay so what else so you went to a couple now when i was in rome it was we also went to germany and morocco rome was our first stop and i know germany and morocco sounds like a weird like route to take we went from rome to berlin to Morocco. That's because we wanted to go to Eastern Europe, okay. but because of the war in Ukraine, we couldn't. And so instead, we had two other routes. But Henry stayed in Italy for
0: 10 days. Quite a long
1: time. So I think he has a lot in terms of the country in Italy itself, he has a lot more to say than I do. So okay. you went to
0: the so I, Rome for two region days.
1: and San Marino. So you so I went, tell us about
0: I went to Rome for two days. Italian. And we've already kind of gone over all our experiences in Rome in the first half. And yeah, but then I drove out to uh, the Umbria region where we had a villa.
1: Yeah, Next it was, to... was it difficult driving in Italy? I wonder was, did could you follow the street signs? All right. Oh, like, it, I, there I were just... parts
0: of it confusing, and it's very mountainous. Did you do stick shift? Yes, it was stick shift. But uh, my dad knows how to drive shift. Great. Uh, but so that was helpful. But anyhow, it was like a torrential downpour when we were going through the tolls. I remember it was like a foot of water on the on the ground on the road. And then we got there, and it was nice. And then I already over- went over my uh, vomiting story in the beginning of this
1: Did every second no half? in your family have that signal?
0: Yes, except I don't know if my, uh, who was it? I don't know if my grandfather or my dad did. Uh, I think they did, though.
1: The or at um, least they got
0: the tiredness.
1: <laughs> that's, Any- that's mild.
0: <laughs> anyhow, we were kind of in the Umbrian countryside for a while. And we were planning to do a lot more there, except... Uh, we didn't because we were very sick, and so we didn't do much. Um, but then we did go to a few towns. Like we went to uh, what's the what's the town where Saint Francis lived? Assisi. Yeah, we went to Assisi. Yeah. That was really nice. Uh, this so one I was tired. I was tired from listening. They had an amazing burger place there. This sounds very American of me to say.
1: Burgers are good. There's no denying that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's like an American food, and uh, and I feel like sometimes it gets stigmatized. Oh, you only got a burger in Italy. Oh, you're such an American. It's
1: like oh, well, it's like people say. No, but it was like a lame. burger place, and That's... it
0: was amazing. It was some of the best burgers. It's the burgers like, were better than stuff you could find in the U.S.
1: It's like how people don't like it when you order fish at an Italian restaurant, even though fish is probably more Italian than half the things they have at an American Italian restaurant.
0: <laughs> yeah, and people look down <laughs> people on you. People say you
1: got fish at an Italian, Italian restaurant. And some how people like
0: look down on other people when they get uh, chicken fingers at a Mexican restaurant.
1: Okay, that's a. That, all right. For context, we went to a Mexican restaurant and I got chicken fingers, and Henry was mad at me. I was not. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, well, you're not mad at me. He, he, disappro- was, he disapproved of my American ways. I <laughs> did. Yes. Yeah. Well, Anyhow. Getting salad at McDonald's is worse.
0: <laughs> I feel like a salad at McDonald's is just like a piece of lettuce. Yeah. Now it's just dump, like. Put your oil on that.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's, equally the mixed salad. As, it's equally as a Mc salad. The McPizza.
0: <laughs> the Mick the McMurder. murder will kill off your family members. I'm just <laughs> lo- da, 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 da. I'm, I'm loving just, it.
1: I'm just looking at Henry like, what?
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. Um like,
1: this is my favorite thing about Rome. Well, McDonald
0: <laughs> Don't they although They
1: do have McDonald's in they do yeah. have McDonald's in Rome. I think
0: I feel... Don't they have, like, some sort of, like, specialty menu item? Yeah. I feel like they have, um, like, spaghetti. Eh, well...
1: They might. Yeah. They, um... They have a lot of interesting things at McDonald's and other
0: countries. That's, yeah. That's
1: for later. <laughs> that's yeah. for the McDonald's episode. Um, that may be coming. I'm not sure. But anyway. We seem to be getting off topic a lot, so... So, let's
0: continue. Which so, makes it fun, but... Then we went to, uh... Knew the end of the trip. We were gonna go back to Rome. And, okay, quick side note, I love the Umbrian countryside. I'm not going to talk about it much, just because, uh, I don't know. Um, But I love the Umbrian countryside. It's so nice. It's picturesque. It's nice to just look out on the uh, villages, on the valleys, and it's really fun, especially on the least touristy places where you can actually go, do you think. We actually saw this, like, famous Italian movie star. I forget his name, but yeah, on the... On the We saw this guy, he was, like, doing a concert, and he was singing uh, Mrs. Robinson by Simon and Garfunkel.
1: He was an Italian actor?
0: Yeah, it some famous Italian dude. Oh, in cool. the town we were in. We had come home from, like, a cooking class, and we were walking through the main plaza, and he was, like, doing, like, a concert. That's
1: cool. wish we knew his name.
0: Uh, yeah. I'd probably ask some people. We could
1: figure it out. Yeah, uh, do you remember what town it was?
0: It... Was. that's all right we can find it i can find it yes we can find it so
1: um, italy um
0: so um it, it was really nice and i'm not going to really go into much detail just because but because i want to get to the my favorite part of this episode that i'm really excited for san marino
1: the, so vatican city is one of the micronations inside of italy it's actually inside of rome um but then there's also San Marino which is around 4 hours away from Rome.
0: Now when we uh and we
1: got thought, there and we thought differently
0: though. Yeah, I thought differently. Uh mm. when I got there with my family, we thought that San Marino was a 2 hour drive from Rome or no, it was like a 1 hour drive from Rome. And uh there's like a town near Rome called San Marino and then we go into Rome and we look up the directions again because we're going to do it at the end of the trip. as like a day trip. Turns out.
1: Four hours and 15 minutes. And if you, I just looked it up. In case you were wondering how long it took to walk there, 63, 63 hours, hours. And, and train a train is ran. seven hours.
0: Yeah, anyhow. Which seems fun. Very long. Uh, and very. Annoying to get to, so we go a day earlier than we were expecting, and instead of San Marino on that last day, we went to the aqueducts park, which was not fun. It was just a bunch of aqueducts on, like a bunch of dirt. Like it was literally just from a the field. They're of from
1: the Roman era, though the aqueducts, right?
0: Yeah, but they're not particularly interesting, and oh. it was very hot out.
1: Oh yeah, that's. <laughs> I bet you wish the aqueduct still works, so you could go swimming in them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyhow, uh, in San Marino, you basically go to the base because. San Marino, it's like there's a mountain, and that's like the old town. It
1: it used to be a little dukedom, I think.
0: Yeah, it used to be a dukedom because uh, of the history. Basically, some guys uh, in the Roman era were being pursued because they were Christian, so they went up and started a country on a mountain from this other person who gave them some land, and then Rome just was kind of like, okay, cool. But anyhow, so San Marino was uh, basically you go to the base of the San Marino. and there's a road to get up which you can take like a tour bus up but you also this is how the locals get up you take a tram Ooh, cool. like a sky tram and you like pay for a ticket and then you just go up it was like 3 dollars a ticket i mean 3 euro but and it was really amazing and the old town yes it's very touristy yes there's like no authentic things and but it was so kind of charming that way it was weird. I generally am a big naysayer of old Uber tourism. Uh, but it was kind of enjoyable and I'm not sure why. It had some sort of charm to it.
1: Yeah, no problem. Uh, no pro shame in in tourism because it means that it's some it means that some really cool stuff happened there. So Yeah and some, some really you know, I think there's no issue with Well tourism can be annoying. But it does mean that the places have some great importance to them. So that's cool. Yes, anyway. I
0: would totally agree with that. And uh, I think that, um, what was it? Oh, yeah. I think that, huh. Oh, yeah. I think that tourism, you have to balance it. And it's fun. And it's fun at the top of San Marino. You can walk from castle to castle. And it's an amazing view over the Italian countryside. And that was kind of my experience. But now we've gone to the most, shall we say, exciting part of the podcast. The part of the podcast where we talk about the airports of Italy. So we're kind of travel nerds. So this is interesting. Yeah, I love
1: airplanes. I love airports. I so you love wanna... flight routes. Um, I actually forgot that we were doing this. I was about to say, so Henry, do you have anything to say about Rome? And then, oh. Right, we're doing the airplane airport segment, so I'm actually really excited that we can
0: talk about it. dive okay.
1: into that. But is there much to say? I mean, there's two airports in I Rome, Ciampino and Fiumicino.
0: I think we probably both, uh, I think we flew into the same one, right? Fiumicino,
1: that's the international Well the the flights from Europe go to most of them go to Fiumicino, but there's some that go to Xiam. Jepano is like LaGuardia and then Fiumicino is, like Newark and JFK. So um for We're, the airport comparison there. For
0: people who just live in like Australia or something, this makes no sense to them either. Yeah,
1: just uh those are the airports in New York City <laughs> that we just compared the wrong ones to. But um What
0: did you think of the airport?
1: So, I don't remember much about it because we we landed from our layover in in Lisbon and we, Henry Henry got to do non-stop so lucky <laughs> although I got to see Lisbon and actually we were flying over Lisbon and it was really nice Henry's been to Lisbon and we oh it's I, was there on, I was there I love on, Lisbon I was there on a layover and we were flying over it when we got there like you know above the Lisbon airport and it was so nice how it looked like the Grand Canyon almost there were canyons and red and orange rocks it was really cool Anyhow. that'll be for Another episode to talk about. Europe. The inside
0: of the Roman airport was so unique. It was so interesting. Yeah, I don't
1: remember much about it because we landed from our layover.
0: I mean, it's kind of landed like- in
1: Rome. We walked outside, and like I don't remember. We didn't spend a lot, and then we went there again to fly onward. It was on our like- we went well, we went there again to fly onward on our trip, and we um, again like I don't remember like. I think because I'm not really, I'm not from Rome. There's, I don't remember, I don't remember much about, even though I love international airports so much, except for ones like around where I live. I don't remember. I think I don't Logan's rem- pretty good. Yeah, Logan's really cool. I don't remember much about international airports, even though I love them so much. Okay. And I just I'll do a bit is, of a deep great.
0: dive then. Okay, so uh the Rome Airport, it's kinda like any other airport. They were a really nice big food court. It's kinda on the second level of the thing. So you oh, should have gone there. So you go up on this escalator and then it's a bunch of food and stuff. On the lower half there's a bunch of uh a bunch of like jet bridges and gates and like the places to wait. And it was pretty cool, very uh open air. Not open air, but, like, a lot of, like, light shining in. Very nice. It was going through a renovation when I um, went there, and there were a lot of cool art pieces. I thought that was really awesome. And then one of the other things, they had a few foosball ta- tables where you could just, like, play was it, foosball.
1: Was it the Italian national soccer team?
0: Uh, No, it was just <laughs> foosball. <laughs> er,
1: yeah, nothing Okay, silly.
0: And that's my deep dive on the airport.
1: <laughs> All right. So, and like think- I was saying before, even though I love – airports i forget a lot about the rome airport so okay i would love to go back though um so do you have anything else to say about about rome, rome?
0: no I, I think this might be a good end to the first podcast right. what do you think so,
1: Yeah it sounds great all right so thanks for listening and next time you can join us for our discussion on i'll just i'll just leave it at this us Aust- the greatest band to come out of australia we'll leave it at that australia's greatest band.
0: okay this is henry for theo Signing off.